What good is talent without the hard work? I go hard every day, I put the team first. Never waste a day, moving with a quick burst. Got a lot of energy, I got it going disperse. Praying to the Lord that I make it. Devil in my ear, I gotta shake it. I never get tired, never get complacent. Any record in the books, yeah, I gotta break it. Do it for my family, do it for the city. Do it for the Lord, cause he always with me. I've been down for the cause and it's evident. I'm going hard every day and it's excellent. Yeah, yeah, it's excellent. Yeah, yeah. Welcome to another episode of the Excellence Podcast. My name is Kevin Camps with Team Excellence. You can always find us on Twitter. Instagram, and Facebook at Team Excellence. The podcast you are listening to today can be found on iTunes as well as on SoundCloud. Also check us out on the website at excellence.com. That's X-C-L-N-C-E dot com. This week I am joined by national champion for the LSU Tigers, first round NFL draft pick of the Dallas Cowboys, current motivational speaker, and ESPN and SEC Network college football analyst, Mr. Marcus Spears. Marcus gives us great insight to his upbringing and the moments in his life that shaped him into who he is today. He discusses his passion for his family, as well as the importance to building a healthy relationship with God. This is a great episode, so take it in, listen, and share with a friend. Enjoy. Well, we kind of want to hear your story, you know, some of the challenges that you've had to overcome as an athlete, um, even maybe in your media career, some things like that. So if you can just kind of tell us a little bit about um, what you're doing right now, um, what you got going on outside of, you know, the whole media SEC network thing, um, if you can kind of explain a little bit what you're doing. Yeah, man. Well, for me, most you know, first and foremost is is my family when it comes to thing worldly things. Um, so just a bunch of a bunch of fathering and uh, husbandry and making sure that you know everybody is well. And I'm one of those guys. If my family is well, I'm well. So um, pretty much that's it, man. My kids are my two oldest kids are highly involved in sports. So. Uh, you know, my summers are filled with tournaments and all kind of stuff like that, as you could imagine. So pretty much for me, outside of media and what I do for a job, man, it's pretty much family. Um, other than that, um, I'm a, I, my relationships um, are very important to me. So, you know, I my childhood friends are always prevalent in my life one of my best friends is my manager um so it, it's just uh it's a tight-knit group i try to keep things as small as possible um with everything that's going on with me personally and then i you know help wherever i can so that's pretty much what's going on with me right now and that's good so where do you find you know especially this time of year with football season coming up where do you find the balance in your life to um you know, spend that time with your family, your wife, your friends. Like, yeah. how do you break away during this season um, to do that? Well, you know, I think a lot of people talk about time in a sense of just being around. And for me and my family, the one thing my wife and I said, because this is not new to us, I was playing in the league when we got married. And uh, we had a we had our daughter my second year uh, into the league. Um, and we always said, you know, we knew that I would lead, lead a busy life, but for us, it was about the quality. Um, how is that time being spent? And that's always been our focus. 
obviously it's a lot of days on the road it's a lot of things that i'm trying to do personally that affects my family directly and, and getting us in uh great situations and being able to afford them the life that i didn't have growing up so uh we focus more on the quality what do we do when we in each other's presence are we is it a house full of love is it a house full of uh understanding a house full of trust and for us you know which may be a little different uh than everybody else but i think most people that that are very in tune with their family would tell you the quality of time that you spend when you do have the time together is what's most important so that's our focus it's not necessarily the amount of days i'm home or what i'm doing when i'm home it's about what we're what we're doing and and how we're becoming uh better as a family how we continue to challenge each other and how we are each other's biggest cheerleader so for us man that's how we like to do our day-to-day -day. so um you Marcus, you're a very accomplished athlete in high school and college you're a national champion all-american got to the nfl and that's, you're 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 one of the rares of the rares. Um, you know, being from the Louisiana area, what about that area that you know produces great athletes, but it also produces great people? In your upbringing in that area, can you talk about some of the things that you learned, some of the things that you experienced as a young man that you still hold with you today, that you hold with you today, that kind of drive you or keep you pushing forward? Right. Well, I would have to attribute that to my parents, man. Um, my parents and my grandparents as well i think for them they they always taught me um you know being being humble takes you a lot further than letting people laud you and believing what everybody says about how great you are or even how bad you are so i've always had this type of perspective that as long as the people that care about you and know you um are honest with you and and they're the ones that show you appreciation and vice versa that's the most important thing so you know i've never been an uh, outside guy like i i've never worried about uh critics i appreciate criticism if it's making me better um but it's it's very uh you know my life has been wonderful because of the people in my life and i think a lot of them um sacrificed a lot uh, a lot of time a lot of energy a lot of effort um and you know when it comes to my mom and dad a lot of finances to get me to where i wanted to be that they didn't necessarily have but they you know fought they bit scratched to get me to a point where i could be successful and you know my mom and dad used to always tell me we want your life to be better than ours growing up so that was their main goal so with both of them um and they were separated they were divorced but you know the thing that they taught me and, and what I admire about both of them so much when it came to myself and my sister, they were always on the same page. They always wanted to make sure that we had what we needed um, to, to do what we had the possibility of doing and, and opportunity. So for me, man, growing up, I would say we went through some tough times. We went through, um, you know, didn't grow up, didn't have a lot of money, was living in some rough places and neighborhoods. But always had home to come to um always had a place where my parents um provided uh just the the mentality that you can do whatever you want to do and we become exactly who we want to be in life and no matter where we come from no matter what what financial background what demographic what neighborhood you grew up in they did they never allowed my sister and i 
to use any circumstances as an excuse not to get to where we wanted to be. And so you've had the opportunity to be around some of the um, great personalities in the in the uh, football industry, um, Nick Saban, Jerry Jones, amongst a few. Can you talk a little bit about some of those qualities that you learned from them that kind of help you when you go out and you're speaking to different teams or you right. know, you're doing motivational speaking and, and, you know, can you talk about some of the qualities that you've seen from them or that you've learned from some of your coaches? Maybe there's one coach in particular um, that you really, that message that you really share with young athletes today. Yeah, well, my high school coaches, man, I would have to probably start there with my co my basketball coach, Joel Hawkins, and my football coach, Eric Randall. Um, Eric Randall was, one, was my football coach, and he taught me the first lesson in accountability. Um, you know, we were practicing in spring and I was a basketball player as well. And I was feeling myself, all the All-American accolades had come about and I was uh, feeling myself and wasn't going to spring practice. So he kicked me off the team. Um, and he told me, he said, you, you're accountable uh, to everybody that, that gives you an opportunity and everybody that gives you their time and their hard work. So you know, I went through a process where I had to work my way back, get back on the team. Um, and, and from that point on, I understood how important it was to be accountable and to make sure that the people that were sticking their neck out for you, you didn't let them down or you didn't disappoint. And the, the opportunities that they afforded for you weren't to be taken for granted. Um, and then my basketball coach um, said something to me my freshman year in high school, he said, act like you've been there before. And um, I think for me, man, that, that resonates with me so well until this day is because, you know, a lot of things are thrown at you when you're in my position. A lot of people want to be a part of what you're doing. Uh, a lot of people, some people have good motives. Um, some people don't. So I never get overly excited about the accolades. I never get overly excited about my position or what I'm doing because I understand that, that someone had to lay that groundwork before I got there. So in a sense, uh, acting like you've been there before is really paying homage to the people that struggled to get you to the point that you were at. And then with Coach Saban, man, it was just that that mentoring, going into manhood in college, um, just teaching me about responsibilities of being a man, taking care of a family, juggling a big busy schedule, but also, um, you know, honing my skills to be able to live out the dream that I had when I was young, and that was to play in the NFL. And when he recruited me, he told me, don't make a four-year decision, make a 40-year decision. And I think now what I'm doing, all that has come to fruition uh, with the opportunities that I've had because of playing for Coach Saban and because of playing – um, at LSU and, and the people of Baton Rouge being so gracious and putting that time and effort into me. And then with Jerry, man, the, the one thing that I learned from Jerry Jones, which which I'll always carry with me, is to have the confidence to take risks. Um, know that you're not going to be ready for every situation, but you, you can become um, a titan. You can become a big time businessman you can become whatever you want to become if you're willing to step out on faith and take chances so you know all of those valuable lessons that i'm sure a lot of guys would tell you is somebody to 
instill that in their lives. I got that from those four guys. Um, so, you know, it goes back to what I was saying about paying homage to the people that stuck their neck out for you. And, and really, um, all of it is kind of tied into one. I have a high level of respect for all four of those guys that I just mentioned, but you know, most definitely it's been more people than that, but those four that you, and the two that you ask about come to mind because they're, you know, I spent the most time with them. And so when you, when we, we, we look at coaches today, um, especially in the college football um, arena, there's a lot of, it's a very demanding role. Um, mm-hmm. It's year round, it's recruiting, it's, it's uh, making sure players get out of stay out of trouble, making sure that yeah. the team is right and the program's right, money's there, facilities, just so much pressure on coaches. Um, how, what would you say to, to guys in leadership, um, not just in the coaching industry, you know, but just overall, there's a lot of pressure to be successful these days. Yeah. Um, and, it, and, it, and it really drives people to do things that they may not want to do. Yeah. Um, how, how would you you know, what advice would you give to coaches? What advice would you give to those, um, you know, players and see these things going on? Like, what would you say to them at this stage and where we are in college football or college athletics? Yeah, it's funny that you asked that question, man, because a week ago I was in Louisiana speaking to the high school coaches uh, at their annual uh, meetings, and I told them, if you're in this business for the fame, for the success and the money, you're in the wrong business. And I think the coaches that keep it in context that they're there to be makers of men and to grow these guys into successful citizens, not football players. If you're only interested in one phase of their their growth and development, and that's seeing how good of a football player they can be, then you're in the wrong business. Um, Your job requires more uh, towards building them to be people that go out into this world and have success in helping others. And I think that would be my charge and challenge to every college coach, high school coach, even middle school and Pop Warner, is to make sure that you're giving them the type of message and, and, and you're living the life that they can emulate and, and try to duplicate and make better. Um, coaches have a have a different responsibility now because of the way because of the way of the world. Um, everything is so accessible. Everybody is already known before they get on campus. You know, guys got 100,000 Twitter followers in high school now. So it's a different approach to, to guys now than when I was coming out of school. But I, I still think the fundamental values of what you should want to be as a head coach, as a guy in a position of leadership, is always see those guys that, that are following you grow up and become leaders and, and take your message further or even make your message better. So... Um, that would be my charge to them if, if I could tell them anything. And, yeah, be concerned about them becoming good football players and, and, and doing what they do on the field. But more importantly, make sure that you're you're raising and, and instilling values so they can be good men and husbands and fathers and, and know that the responsibility of that will outlast anything they do athletically. And so I want to ask you about this. Um just recently the study about CTE came out and I wanted to get your thoughts on the whole concussion discussion um, just real quick and then one more question and we'll be out of here and just what where, where do you kind of stand with the whole concussion discussion and with little with the littler children younger kids as well as in the professional and college ranks it's a necessary discussion for sure and you know anytime I think somebody talks about 
ACT and the concussion, people think you're against football, and and that that's not the case. Um, I think for me, it's more of an access to information. Right, we get better when we know more, and I think a lot of guys just want to know the risk. They want to know what they're risking by playing this game. They want to be involved in their health, and and it's becoming more prevalent now because you do have the access to that information. Um, as far as young kids, man, I tell people all the time, they ask me, does your son play football? And my son only plays basketball and baseball. And, um, you know, if he comes to me when he's in eighth grade, maybe ninth grade, and says that I want to try to play football, I wouldn't stop him from doing what he wants to do athletically. But I just don't think you need to expose your kids to football at such an early age. You know, let them go out, run around, have fun. Uh, we used to play pick up and stick. Nobody ever got hurt uh, playing that. And I think the game, the evolution of the game, they're they're doing what they what they need to do to try to make it safer. But football is a violent game. It's always going to be associated with injury. It's always going to be associated with concussions. And I think now that people have the information, they can make an educated decision whether they want their kids to play or not. And the player can make an educated decision. So as long as you know the risk, I mean, boxers know the risk. They can be punch drunk the rest of their life. They still box. I think people fear that the game will go away. I don't think that's the case. I think it, uh, I think having more educated players with, a more, with more of a sense of what they, of proper technique, what they need to do, how they need to, prepare and train mentally, how they need to have annual checkups and brain and CAT scans, how they, like all of this stuff should be a part of what football is right now because we're seeing that it can be a cause of CTE. It can be a cause of some lifelong health uh, stuff, and it's out on display. This has always been known in these circles with guys that actually have it or, you know, doctors that know about it, but I think now, um, guys can just make a more educated decision. Um, I don't think the game needs to go away. The game changed my life. It changed my family's life. It gave me an opportunity to give my kids a better life than I had growing up uh, financially and putting them in positions to be successful more so than I had. So I just think everybody needs to have the information before they make that decision. And if you make that decision, you know the risk um, and, and you know exactly what could be the what could be the case when you get done playing this game so i think the responsibility lies on the individual to make that decision and i think the responsibility lies on the football community to make sure that that information is available awesome and so just um i want to ask you as far as you know you pushing forward in, in your career and um i see you growing you know in a, your media career and, and that's mm -hmm. awesome and I just want to ask you, as far as like your faith is concerned, how has that impacted your life and, and, and your desires to move forward? Well, I grew up in the church, and um, I grew up around religion. Um, and, you know, as I get older, as I read more, as I learn more, my personal relationship with God has become the most uh, important thing to me. And I think that's, that's growing. I think that's a, a part of becoming an adult and, uh, learning and gathering information on your own. Um, prayer has always been powerful in my family. Prayer has been kind of the lifeblood of, of what we've done and how we've overcome some tough situations in my family. So that that's the thing that I do, man. I, my faith in God and my faith in what his word says has carried me. Um, and, 
you know, the one thing about faith is I don't try to impress it upon anybody else, but it's worked for me. And um, I'm going to continue to praise his name. I'm going to continue to pray over my family and over my children and everybody that I know. I pray for the entire world when I say my prayers at night. Um, and, and I think, you know, having that faith and having that that foundation has has really enabled me to be able to do some of the things that I've done in my life. I haven't been the best uh, Christian. I haven't been the best at um, following God's word at all times, but it's always been a foundation and has always brought me back to where I needed to be in order to, to reshape and recorrect uh, things that I may be doing wrong or see wrong or things that I say. So when it, when it comes to that, man, that's the foundation of everything that I do. Um, you know, it was really relevant when my daughter was born and I saw my wife give birth and I understood what real love was at that point in my life. Um, seeing her come, come out and immediately being in love with somebody, I could imagine how a father would feel for his children. And that's how I look at God. I look at him as my pops. And when I pray, I don't pray the conventional prayer. I pray and I ask for, for clarity. I pray and I ask for guidance. Um, and I pray to ask God, what can I do for you, uh, for your people? So it's just, that's my way of, of approaching it. Um, but I would tell anybody that if you haven't tried him, you might as well go ahead and try it and, and see what it does in your life because I think it changes your life when you really give yourself to him and you have an open and a, and a personal relationship with him and uh so that's my that's my faith man and and that's the foundation of it that's how I run my family we sit at the dinner table together we talk um one of the most important things I think of, of being a father is making sure that you know the pulse of your home and you making sure that your kids know who God is and then letting them go their own way so, yeah, it, if you could sum it up, the definition of it would be it's, it's always been the foundation from the beginning of my life. Um, and some things have changed. Some things have changed when it comes to religion. Some things have, have changed when I've seen at times the church become very judgmental of people. Some things have changed when I've seen pastors go certain ways where you hold them up to a standard and I think the most important thing that church has taught me the most important thing that religion has taught me is that we shouldn't put our faith in people we should put our faith in God and I think that's the best way that I'm going to roll this thing all the way out to the end that's awesome man um, you know Marcus I really appreciate your time today um, as you were talking I was I, I, I thought about this scripture and I want to encourage you with this he said um, you know he that's begun a good work in you it's faithful to complete it even unto the day of Jesus Christ. And Amen. I encourage you today that, um, you know, God has he started a work in you and, and he's brought you to some great heights. But I, I just believe that there's something greater beyond, you know, even what you've experienced, lives that you'll touch and, you know, the exposure that you have. And, and I just want to encourage you just to continue to let your light shine before men that they may see his good works and glorify the Father which is in heaven. Uh, you don't, you know, you're not a man of fear, a man of doubt, but you're a man of confidence. And I want to encourage you to continue to, to push forward in your ventures and in any dreams or visions that haven't come to fruition yet. I want to encourage you to continue to pursue those dreams. Um, you're very inspirational, and I want to encourage you just to continue to move forward in, in, in whatever you desire to do. Amen, brother. And I accept that, man. And my prayers will be with you and your family. 
and the ones that you touch as well. Keep doing this thing, man. It's a great thing, and keep getting uh, the message of God out, man. And His children need to hear it. Yes, sir. I appreciate it. Thank you very much. Thank you for listening to another episode of the Excellence Podcast, and thanks again to Marcus Spears for joining us. You can find out more information about Marcus at MarcusSpears.com. You can follow him on Twitter at MSpears96, and always hear him on ESPN and on the SEC Network. Don't forget to like us on Facebook and follow us on Twitter and Instagram to stay connected with the team. And remember, in everything we do, we do it for him. God bless.